Welcome to the Mental Notes Show, the show for ambitious moms ready to break the cycle of anxiety for themselves and their families. I've been in your shoes. I know the weight of holding it all together for a family when you're barely holding it together for yourself. And sometimes it can feel lonely and overwhelming. I'm your host, Deanna Pacina. I'm a certified parenting coach, behavioral consultant, counselor in training, and wife and mom. I know what it's like to feel alone in parenting an anxious child. I thought I could do it all on my own, but it was learning how to manage my anxiety and connect with a community that made all the difference in how I show up for myself and my family. This podcast is your sanctuary, a place where we get real about the struggles and triumphs of parenting anxious kids while managing our own personal growth. We'll dive deep into communication hacks, identifying those sneaky triggers, and creating a home that's more peace and less chaos. So grab your favorite cup of something warm and let's go. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to the Mental Notes Show. I'm your host, Deanna. Today's episode is going to be all about quarterly planning and how it can be a game changer when you have high functioning anxiety and you're juggling the mental load of motherhood. Does this sound anything like you? When's that report due? Did I pack the kids' lunches? Did I remember to schedule the dentist appointments? Does this constant feeling of being on edge and this verge of chaos, number one, does it feel like it's ever going to end? But most of all, does it sound familiar? See, if you are a mom like me who has high-functioning anxiety, along with parenting children who have their own mental health challenges, juggling the mental load of motherhood can feel like a never-ending game of whack-a-mole. But what if I told you that there was a way that you could control the chaos and create a sense of calm and clarity in your life just by implementing this one practice in your life? I know firsthand how overwhelming it can feel to be constantly juggling to-do lists, appointments, and the never-ending needs of our children. And not only that, the things that seem to pop up every single day that were not on our to-do list, yet somehow they still demand our time. This pressure can be suffocating, especially when you have high-functioning anxiety, because it triggers this feeling of always wanting to be on edge. So this is where quarterly planning comes in. So in this episode, we'll be diving deep into the benefits of quarterly planning, and I will be sharing some actionable steps and tips that you can implement right away. Whether you are a seasoned planner or a complete newbie, I promise this episode will leave you feeling empowered and ready to tackle your goals with a renewed sense of focus and clarity. Before we get started, I just want to say that if you've been listening to The Mental Note Show and you've been enjoying it, you've gotten any value, you've learned anything, or you've shared it with anyone, and I would ask that today would be the day that you would leave the show a five-star rating and even a short review. This is the best way that we can get the show out in front of other moms who could use this community. I am grateful for all of you, and I'm grateful that you listen to the show. And if you could leave a five-star rating, it would just mean the world to me. All right, back to quarterly planning. Let's talk about that feeling of overwhelm. You know, that constant to-do list that is swirling in your head, the feeling of never having enough time, the nagging fear that you're just not doing enough, or even worse, forgetting things that you're supposed to do. It's a feeling that can be especially debilitating for people who have high-functioning anxiety. 
So let's talk about anxiety and the mental load of motherhood. There is heightened worry and overthinking. When you have anxiety, you tend to worry excessively anyway and overthink situations leading to rumination about household tasks and childcare, the escalating mental load of the people around you. I refer to it as like there's this loop that's in the back of my head that's just kind of always running, right? Like an engine idling. There's things in the back of my head that just are going around back there that I carry with me. We also deal with perfectionism and self-criticism because there's this pressure to be, you know, a perfect mom, but that can be really overwhelming and it intensifies the mental load leading to feelings of guilt and inadequacy, not being able to live up to the picture-perfect lives that people like to share on social media. We also have difficulty delegating and asking for help because anxiety can make it challenging for us to trust other people to handle tasks, especially when we know, for example, if something doesn't get done, it's going to trigger someone else and we're trying to keep that from happening. And so as a result, a lot of times what happens is we put our own needs last behind everybody else in our families. And that leads to increased stress and physical symptoms. There's constant stress of that mental load and anxiety can make physical symptoms like fatigue and insomnia and headaches even worse than under normal circumstances. Now you add in parenting a child with mental health challenges and there are increased demands and responsibilities because when you have a child with mental health challenges, it can require additional planning, scheduling, coordination of appointments, therapies, medications, all things that are piled on to the already existing load that you carry around in your head. There's also emotional toll because when we witness our children struggling and managing their own anxiety, it can impact our emotional state, further intensifying the mental load. It's kind of like this, you know, never ending cycle of their anxiety causes our anxiety and our anxiety causes their anxiety and it just keeps going on and on and on. There's also this feeling of isolation. Feeling overwhelmed and unsupported can lead to isolation, withdrawal, and making it difficult for us to manage both our mental health and the responsibilities of parenting. Because a lot of times when families are dealing with these types of issues, they don't want to admit it or they don't have a strong support system around them, or maybe they did share it with one person who responded in a really judgy way, which made them less willing to want to be able to share that information with anybody else. There's also a loss of identity because there's this constant focus on caregiving and managing the mental load, and it can lead to us neglecting our own needs and our interests, resulting in a loss of identity and difficulty prioritizing self-care. And I will admit that that one has been a big one for me, especially the loss of identity. And it's something that I've had to work really hard to gain that back. The combined impact of high-functioning anxiety, the mental load, and parenting a child with mental health challenges, it really becomes a perfect storm because it's going to increase your burnout, your risks for depression, for anxiety disorders, and that can negatively affect your ability to care for yourselves and your child. So you can see how it's just like this vicious circle. It's important to know that generalized anxiety disorder affects 6.8 million adults or 3.1% of the U.S. population in any given year, and women are twice as likely to be affected. Let that sink in. Women are twice as likely to be affected by anxiety. So how do we break the cycle? Well, we need to normalize the mental load. We need to have open communication with our family members and our partners. We need to prioritize self-care. We need to make sure that we're carving out time for our own needs, and this will. all of these things are going to show up when we get to the planning process. Seeking professional support through therapy or finding a coach, 
building your own support network around you, joining communities. For example, you can join the Mental Notes community because that's a place where moms who are dealing with these types of things can come together and get support and advocate for your children's mental health by seeking professional help, because that's really one of the most important things that we can do for our children is to advocate for our children's well-being. So the mental load of mothering is already a significant burden, and it can be really amplified when you yourself have anxiety and you're parenting a child with mental health challenges. This is where quarterly planning comes in, and it can be a game changer. It's not about making a to-do list. It's really taking a step back and creating a strategic roadmap for the next three months. I don't want to overwhelm you by thinking a year out, five years out. No, when you are dealing with anxiety, children who have mental health challenges, three months is about the max that you can probably think of because there's so many unknowns that pop up. But what planning does is it lets you take that step back create that strategic roadmap. And by planning in advance, and I'm focusing on the bigger picture, you can reduce overwhelm, prioritize tasks, and ultimately wind up achieving more. So I'm going to share with you my 5C framework. It's a simple yet powerful tool that can help you reduce stress and anxiety, prioritize your goals and tasks, and create more time for yourself and your family and feel empowered. So the 5C framework is made up literally of five words that all start with C. But what I would ask you to do is, you know, push pause for a second and go grab a piece of paper and fold it into quarters. In the top left corner, we're going to start with the first C, and that is clarify. Before you can plan, you have to establish a clear vision and intention for your planning and your problem solving. I like to think of the clarify section as what are all of the things that are in my head that I just need to get out? What am I trying to achieve? What kind of family life do I want to create? What goals do I have for managing my child's anxiety? What concrete steps will I take to achieve my goals? When do I want to achieve them? What are my triggers? What are the triggers of my child? How can I manage them? So I just think of this as an area to just dump out all the stuff that's in your brain, all the things that are bothering you, all of the things that you would like to accomplish, all of the things that you know have to be accomplished within the next three months. The second square will be the top right square, and this will be communicate. The outcome of this section is to think about building relationships, trust, and your support system. Because a plan is only good as the people who are who are operating it. And if you don't have people around you who are supporting you, it's just going to be so much harder. So who are the people that can help you? How can you build relationships with them? How can you communicate effectively with your child? What are your communication strengths and weaknesses? How do you create a supportive environment for your child to express their feelings? What do you do to take care of yourself physically and emotionally? How do you prioritize your well-being? How do you communicate with your spouse when you're having a challenge? So this section, really think about who are the key stakeholders in your life that need to either be involved with or understand this plan that you're going to create. The next square is going to be the bottom left square, and this is cultivate. This is where you're going to focus on establishing effective strategies to collect the information that you need and to create systems and processes. So what do you need to do more of and what do you need to do less of? How are you going to handle it when things pop up and there's a deviation from your plan? Because I'm going to tell you right now, that happened to me just today. And I had to take a hot moment and pause and take a deep breath before I sat down to record the podcast. But I knew that it still had to be done. What skills do you need? Are there, is there a training that you want to take? 
How can you listen to what your child needs without judgment? How can you show empathy and understanding? What are your boundaries? What are those healthy boundaries and expectations for yourself and for your child? How can you work collaboratively with your child and your spouse to find solutions to challenges? So really dig in. What is all of the information that you need in order to be able to start to address those challenges? And then the bottom right corner is going to be our contemplate. This is my favorite step. Um, I am a high S on the DISC profile, which means that I am all about thinking about safety and what could go wrong and making sure that everybody's taken care of. So contemplate is reflecting on the constraints and fears and readiness for change. What are the constraints that you're facing right now with your family? What are behaviors that maybe you need to stop or behaviors that you would like for your child to stop? What are the new behaviors that you need to adopt? Why why are you creating this plan? What's the point? What are you learning through the process? What are you afraid of and how can you address those fears? What are you learning about yourself and your child just as you go through this short little planning process? Because I guarantee you, if you sit down and you think about these questions, there's going to be some things that come up and things that make you feel uncomfortable. And then most of all, how can you approach challenges with a growth mindset and see them as opportunities for learning and development? Those four stages, again, are clarify, communicate, cultivate, and contemplate. And our final step is to take a moment and step back and look at all of the information that you've put down on this piece of paper. This is going to be the final stage of our 5C framework, and that is to create the plan. For me, the power is being able to see all of that information in one place. You could do this for just a singular project as well and go through and ask these questions and it'll give you clarity over what you should be doing on the project. But when we think about this in terms of the quarter, you know, what what themes are you seeing in the things that you wrote down? What's coming up for you? What opportunities are you seeing? And so some questions that you can ask yourself are, what are the specific actions that you need to take in order to be able to accomplish the things that you are seeing on your plan? What tools and strategies and resources might you need in order to be able to help you implement the plan? What's the realistic timeline for achieving your goals? You might have something that you plan within the next quarter that only takes you a month to complete. And having an, you know, just because you put something on a quarterly plan doesn't mean that it's going to take you three months to complete it. There's a power in being able to monitor your progress as you move forward. Um, How are you going to track your progress and measure your success? How are you going to be flexible and adapt your plan when you need to? How are you going to reflect on the effectiveness of your actions and constantly look for ways for improvement as you're implementing this plan? Because implementing the plan means that you're bringing your ideas into action. So in the first four steps, you're getting all of your ideas and all of the information out so that you can see it and objectively look at what you have in front of you and use that to help you to create the plan for what it is that you want to accomplish in the next quarter. Now, how we handle planning can be impacted by our personality style. Our decisive planners are going to be those ones who are focusing on getting things done. Our influencers are probably going to struggle with this type of planning because it does require detail. Our supportive folks are going to like the framework, but they're going to avoid risks. And our conscientious people are going to thrive off of the details, but they're going to have a hard time delegating. So when you create a plan, it's important to know how you approach it because that will help you be objective and seek out support in those areas where you might need a little extra help. 
Now, you might think that all of these things are just part of your personality, but they're actually behaviors that are influenced by genetics, role models, and experiences that you've had over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up. If you're curious and you'd like to learn more about your type and how it might impact your ability to plan, please go to deannapasina.com forward slash quiz and you can take a quick quiz and it'll direct you to a website that gives you your type, your strengths, your weaknesses and opportunities for improvement. Now, when you were a child, you were influenced by role models up to the age of 12 and then your experiences after the age of eight. Whenever you get into a state of overwhelm right now, your nervous system is automatically going to your natural style of behaving. And now that we're adults, we think that our behavior is something that's fixed, but it's not because these four main personality patterns, they don't put us in a box. They show us our strengths and they show us our blind spots and they show us opportunities for improvement. So once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to grow and then you can live and parent as your true and authentic self. Again, just go to deannapasina.com forward slash quiz and take the quiz. And y'all, let me just give you a real life example of why you need to be flexible. The whole last little thing that I was saying, as soon as I started, someone in my family went into the kitchen and was making noise. So if you hear background noise, it's my family. I thought I would stop and re-record it, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just keep going forward. Forward. And um, if you are a mom with kids at home, you understand what it's like to be in the middle of something and have noise go on behind you. So in order to wrap things up, let's talk about some tips and strategies that you can use in order to implement this planning system. First of all, start small. Don't try to do too much at once. Maybe you've never planned out something for the quarter before. Choose one thing then that you would like to accomplish over the next three months. Make sure that you're scheduling breaks and time for self-care. Look for opportunities to delegate and ask for help because you don't have to do it all on your own and you shouldn't be doing it all on your own. Focus on progress, not perfection, and be kind to yourself and celebrate your accomplishments no matter how small. That's the real magic of quarterly planning planning is tracking things as you go along because you can see the progress that you've made. So many times it's easy to just, you know, go through a day and a week and a month and a year and look back and go, gosh, what did I accomplish? Well, when you have a quarterly plan and you're tracking it, you can look back and see all of the things that you did over the course of the year. And most of all, use mindfulness techniques because there are so many resources available online apps and things like that that can help you just recenter, get back into yourself and focus on what it is that you're wanting to accomplish. Now, I know that implementing a new planning system can be challenging, but I encourage you to give it a try. You might be surprised at how much it can improve your sense of calm and control and just your overall well-being. If you would like to join our community, remember you're not alone because we have the Mental Notes community on Facebook. I'd love to see you there. It's a place where we come together just to talk about how to take care of ourselves and prioritize our mental health. And I want to make sure that you do not hesitate to reach out if you need it. Thank you so much for being here today. I love spending time and learning with you. And now I would love for you to subscribe and rate and leave a review because I love hearing from you. If you found value in this episode, share it with a friend and then come hang out with me on Instagram at Deanna Piscina or in our Facebook group, The Mental Notes Community. Both will be linked in the show notes below. If you love the show, share it with a friend and thank you again for tuning in. I'll see you next time.